the only thing that has not changed from the beginning is that I had just had this gut feeling. I think when you just know you have to do something, whether you succeed or fail, you just sort of, I can't even describe it, but you just kind of know it's a feeling. Before we start today's episode, I want to introduce you to a new artist. Her name is Megan Lee. From Western Maryland, with her angelic voice and engaging harmonies, Megan is one to watch. Here's a clip from her single Into the West, an a cappella cover of an Annie Lennox number. Safe in my arms, you're only Hey there, I'm Stevie, musician from New York City and the host of This Next Song's About. This is a podcast for songwriters and music fans. In this podcast, I take you behind the scenes for a closer look at how musicians write their songs, what their career's been like, and I'll also try to uncover some of the secrets of the industry with music experts from across the nation. In today's episode, I'm chatting with songwriter and mindfulness coach, Lisa McEwen. Lisa is originally from Canada and made her way down to Nashville and had success signing with BMG as a staff writer, penning songs for major labels and artists, and is now setting out to help other artists achieve their goals as a coach and mindfulness consultant. Now in this episode, we chat about self-doubt, determination, pivoting, and how to focus on who we are as artists and individuals to achieve our goals and find success. If you're a musician who's out there and you're struggling with your direction a little bit, perhaps wondering if this is the thing for you, then I think this episode might just help you. Lisa McEwen, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'd love to hear more about your story. So I'm just going to uh, run through what I do know about you. And then I would like uh, very much if you could fill in, fill in the, the gaps and, and add some uh, more color and adventure. So I know that you are originally from Ontario, Canada. You headed down to Nashville to pursue your dreams of becoming a, a singer-songwriter on stage. You packed up your stuff in a Volkswagen camper van yep. and headed across the border. I don't want to know if it was legal or not <laughs> and, um, from one immigrant to another. And when you got there, you, you found success. You were a staff writer at BMG Publishing on Music Row. You wrote for some major country artists and labels. Effectively, you, you succeeded. You achieved your dream. And now you are back in Canada. You're raising a family and you've started to help others to achieve their dream. You do one-on-one -on -one coaching. You also have a course called Music and Mindfulness, and you are essentially trying to help other people to do what you have done. Am I, am I on the right lines there? That's exactly right. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, yeah, I mean, heading, heading down to Nashville. So definitely, you know, I was the only person in my family who was a singer or musician. So I was the odd man out there for sure, um, growing up. And then when I heard country music, which I kind of, you know, my dad listened to all kinds of music, so I did get exposed to a lot. But when I really heard it as a teenager, I just thought, man, this this fits. This just feels so right. This is something I think I need to be doing. Mm -hmm. And so obviously when I looked into what did all my favorite artists do, they picked up and moved to Nashville and they pursued that dream. 
as time went on, I, I got plugged into some more of the songwriting networks. You know, there's different workshops and NSAI. I'm not sure if you're aware of, you know, NSAI, right? Nashville. I'm sorry for, for anyone listening. It's the Nashville Songwriters Association Institute International. International. Yeah. So they have chapters and, and headquarters all over the place. And I just tried to learn as much as I could about what it takes to be a professional songwriter. And you know what? Before then, I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even realize that existed. Um, Some people just write songs. They're not necessarily wanting to be the artist. So, you know, you made it sound easy and fantastic. I just headed down to Nashville and bada bing, bada boom. There we go. But it was definitely not the case. I think the only thing that has not changed from the beginning is that I had just had this gut feeling. I think when you just know you have to do something, whether you succeed or fail, you just sort of, I can't even describe it, but you just kind of know Mm -hmm. it's a feeling. And I did have that. And I just knew I had literally no other choice. I had to go and at least try and see what I could do. I knew very few people and I, but I just, I just tried to, myself in I tried to learn well what are, what are the people doing that I want to be doing what are, what do they do and what are they doing now you know going to open mics sitting around waiting until way too late you know and it's like oh is, what's the mm-hmm. point there's two people in the back you know and one of them is the guy who organized it and you're still playing you know but you just have to do these things because you're learning you're just learning how to write better songs or you're also learning what works for you and what doesn't. Because if you can't handle that or you just don't like that, then maybe maybe it doesn't work for you. But anyway, I did that. And it's about two years in, maybe less, maybe it's a year and a half, I actually did get offered a publishing deal. So that was really cool. And it was actually with Mara mm-hmm. Music, Roger Mara, a Hall of Fame songwriter, you know, and did a lot of co-writing. But um, I was I was honestly nervous. Like co-writing is a whole different thing than just writing alone. Um, it comes with all kinds of different, uh, we'll get to that, but that's why I created my course. There's all kinds of nervousness and anxiety goes along with that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so did that and got some great cuts and, and had some incredible experiences. And then, um, yeah, and then I ended up back in Canada and I'm doing all mm-hmm. kinds of other stuff. It's funny when you said, oh, you made it sound so easy. And yes, I did summarize your life as I was <laughs> able to find it on the internet. But I do think it's interesting that when you read people's autobiographies or their stories or their bios, and in fact, I was actually just listening to Steve Martin talk about this. And he said when he is listening to someone's story and they're like, yeah, and I just did this. And then suddenly I was on stage of blah, 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 blah. And you're like, hang on, there was this there is this huge gap of what happened to get from your Volkswagen camper van to being a staff writer at BMG, like though there are major, major things that happened and maybe they, are, maybe they are major things or maybe there are a lot of little things like you say, like going to those stupid open mics that no one's there at and you're singing to just yourself and the bartender, done that on a Sunday night at 11 p.m. Like what the hell is the point? Yes. You do these things and personally you get experience from doing that and the resilience of having to play to nobody so that when you are playing in front of people, you've got that experience down and you've almost looked at the face of hopelessness in a way. You know, you've played the rooms where nobody's there. So when someone is there, you're like, oh, this is better than when there was no one there. So even if it's not going well, you push through because, you know, you've you've had those, to- <laughs> those toilet gigs, if you like. And I think, you know, each of these That's little right. experiences adds up to something else. You then meet somebody perhaps who then 
introduces you to somebody else. Is that how you view it? A hundred percent. And you know, what you said there was exactly right. It's the little things that add up that I really don't want listeners to get caught off in like, oh, I didn't, I never had this great big thing. Well, life is made up of little moments. Every single moment is little moments, but forward momentum. And that is so important. Um, Yes. When I would go play these little things, in fact, for example, one night, I'll never forget. I, um, I, I just had moved to Nashville, maybe, you know, maybe my first month or two. And I was playing one of those open mics really late. No one's there. Anyway, someone else was playing that night. Great songwriter named Michael Logan, great singer. And he, I think, did I play first? And then, um, and he said, oh, great job. It sounded really good. And he got up to play. His songs were incredible. And I chatted with him after and he said, oh, yeah, yeah. No, he already had a publishing deal. Yeah, we had some things going on. He said, yeah, why don't we write together sometime? And I was like, yeah, let's do that. Mm-hmm. So that was just a little bit of a door opening, right? Now I get to write with someone who has a publishing deal who I can meet some people in his camp and that sort of thing. So that doesn't happen all the time. But if I hadn't gone out that night and given it my best shot, you know, that would never have happened. And so many mm-hmm. little incidents would happen like that. And still and to this I, day. And even I would... I would take it a step back and say, if you hadn't got in that camper van and been in Nashville. And I think a lot of it is like, you know, so many people say you've just got to go to Nashville and things will happen. And because you are just around so many people who are so talented. And I, I, I feel like it's that sort of thing of like your tennis game gets better if you're playing against somebody who's better than you. Exactly. There's so much talent out there because yes I definitely was like yeah I'm good I'm gonna go to Nashville and then you get there and realize there are so many good people it's like just get Mm. in line with them but there's also what comes with that is inspiration and so much learning and if you really just continue to soak it all in and keep your head down and try to be inspired by those people you can make things happen but yeah there's all kinds of different things along the way for sure. So today we're going to talk a little bit about that artist self-doubt and determination what does it take to keep going how do we strengthen ourselves for that and how do we maintain our resilience to move forward so what would you say in terms of you know maintaining that resilience what do you think is is one of the best things that an artist can do if they're because you know we're artists we're fragile human beings we're vulnerable we put ourselves on stage we're asking people to like our music and by extension us And if something doesn't go right, we think that it's, they don't like us and we feel broken as people as well as artists. So how do we strengthen ourselves against that? That's exactly it. And I struggled with that for a long time because it's like when you're say selling a product, you can at least go home and separate yourself from the product and not take it as personally. But when you are the product, Mm. it can be challenging to marry those two. And you just nailed it because you're right. We are vulnerable. We are sensitive. That's what makes us great artists. Mm-hmm. That is the thing that helps us connect with people. Usually the people who do connect so well with others are those ones who can sort of tap in and share that vulnerable side with themselves. But it's so hard. You're right. Because, because you're also sort of on display. You're being judged constantly. I remember my early days thinking, why are things not happening faster as far as the artist stuff? And I spoke with someone there was a girl in town and she was so full of confidence and you know, she was, she was good. She was not jaw dropping, but she was good as far as her music went. And I just remember thinking, geez, like 
why is everything happening for her? She's got all these people in her corner and all that. And the person said, you know, this is the thing. She, she has this confidence because I was just saying, you know, I feel a little bit, that's so braggy. Like they go around sort of like truly that her confidence came across as kind of bragging. You can say arrogant and annoying. Arrogant, that's a good way of saying it. Yes, arrogant. <laughs> that's a good way of saying it. And I remember th- uh, they said, like, honestly, that's probably what's going to get her further mm. because she has that confidence. Not not the talent necessarily. Yeah. Because she has that. It is, really is a marrying the two. It, And I, you know, I still definitely, I still have my days where I struggle with that, but I, I feel like I've really come a long way. And a lot of it is because I put these sort of mindfulness practices into place way where I'm kind of just looking inward that that sort of outside validation that we're always constantly seeking can be so hard on ourselves mm-hmm. and I've, I've just done like honestly just different things like meditation visualization things like that um, just becoming more secure in myself to the point where you know what if people aren't receiving this or receptive to this it's just not for them. Maybe it's just not for them. There must be other opportunities for me, or maybe I should just focus on the people who really get me. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, I think that's changed so, so much for me um, and getting over a lot of my fears. So focusing on your strengths, I guess, and not trying to mold yourself to, is it, I don't want to necessarily say the country mold, that's just where you were, but not trying to mold yourself to what you think an audience wants or what the trend is yes or what the trend is and it's so easy to get caught up in and listen I you know I think if I could do it again I would go in you know it's one of those things looking back it's like man if I knew what I knew now starting again but yes you get so kind of caught it up in oh this is what everyone loves and this is what's working for everyone I'm gonna try and be that but it just doesn't seem to work because you can truly only be the best you. I know that sounds cheesy, but it is actually true. And now I feel like I don't want to be like anyone else. I truly know the only way I'm going to do a really great job is if I just go for what feels right for me. And mm-hmm. marrying that with, you know, you learn your craft. It's just truly finding that connecting with yourself again. I know I'm going to say it a bunch of times, but looking inward and, and sort of pausing Taking a minute to pause and breathe before you react or do things. Are, am I making this choice out of fear or am I t- making this choice out of faith? Mm, you know, I like that. Because I'll tell you for years, yeah, in Nashville, it was fear-based. It was like, oh, man, if I don't, if I don't do this right or if I don't, you know, whatever. It was just tr- I was trying so hard to make something work. And sometimes that's, you know, that's just not that sort of... Um, it's like an anxiousness doesn't really work in your favor. Mm-hmm. So do you think in terms of the mindfulness practice of focusing on your strengths, connecting to yourself, recognizing whether you're making a choice based on faith or fear, do you think that creates that, I don't want to say arrogance, but that innate self-confidence that that girl had that is what propelled her forward? Yeah, that's tough because I can't speak for her. But so all I can, you know, say is where I have come to. And so, for example, now, so we could talk about rejection, right? There was this, this commercial that somebody sent me a link to and said, you know, maybe you should audition for this. Oh, they were looking for musicians and artists and stuff. And I thought, oh, I'm going to nail this. I'm, I, I fit all the boxes. 
and I've come so far, I, I bet you this is a shoe in and I didn't get it. And, you know, I had a cup, maybe an hour or two of like, Oh, that's a bummer. Like I really, felt, you know, I really felt like I was going to get that and I'm, I'm ready for it. You know, put me in coach. I can do it. And then I just kind of let it roll off thinking, you know what, this is obviously not for me. And there's obviously other bigger opportunities there. So when you can have that sort of solid rock, it doesn't mean you're not going to feel upset. It doesn't mean if someone isn't paying attention to your song when you're playing out or you've got, like you say, no one shows up to the show or, you know, these heartbreaking things that happen. Mm-hmm. I think you take them, you sit with them for a minute, you can be upset, sure, but then you move on realizing there are so many other opportunities. And again, it comes back to like that self-worth knowing, listen, I know I have a gift and I, there's got to be someone I can share this with or you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And recognizing perhaps that that is one of those little moments that might lead you to another moment. Exactly. They all connect. And just because you're not up re- winning a Grammy that night does not mean that you're not on your way somewhere in the right direction. No, I like that. And I think there was, we were emailing back and forth and I think... I have also seen people who are not necessarily inherently or innately talented. And again, I, and just as an example, I was listening to Steve Martin, who admits he had no talent to start with. He wanted to be funny and he said he just wasn't very funny, but he studied very hard. He wasn't somebody who had it innately. And actually, when you sort of look at his comedy, you can you can see the studiousness that he's put into it. But I guess, to you know, for me, I'm, I'm looking at him going, well, here's, here's a great example of somebody who had a huge amount of, hey, I, I suck at this. And he did. And he, like, I think he really explained, you know, I spent years in L.A. sucking. I spent years at this comedy club sucking. And one day something happened. I tried something different at a show and it worked. And I just happened to get lucky with a bunch of people that night and then something else and something else and something else. And I'm thinking, you know, and I'm seeing some some artists out there. Being an artist is really challenging. You have to be everything. You have to be your own manager. You have to be your songwriter. You have to be your own marketer, social media manager. And I'm seeing people who are doing really well on the business side of things, who have much less talent in terms of songwriting or their vocal abilities who are doing really really well because they are very consistent with those strategies yeah that's right and you know I I like what you said about Steve Martin and he you know he just kept at it and I will say that about me I remember my mentality of going down to Nashville thinking listen if I'm not good enough I'm going to learn to be good enough I am not going to stop until I I figure this out so that definitely comes with it right here's where people get stopped up they start learning and then Maybe someone says, you're not quite there yet, or one way or another, they tell them they're not good enough. And that really crushes their confidence. So they figure that's it. I'm going to throw in the towel. And that's, that's where you get stuck. But like you say, everyone started somewhere Mm -hmm. that they weren't good enough. I mean, that's how they got better is because you just, you just keep going. And I truly, even now, like you're saying about the social media stuff, Mm -hmm. it's a whole new ballgame. I have so much to learn. And I do get frustrated at times because I'm literally learning new things. And I have this internal dialogue mm-hmm. in me like, this is way too hard. You just, you know, you should just stop or, you know, whatever. You're not good enough. And then I've learned to have that in my head and then have the other side go, okay, yeah, it's hard. But keep going. You can push through it. If, mm-hmm. you know, if you can do it and so everyone else can basically do it, what, like, why can't you do it? 
So again, that's another thing. It's a lot of your internal talk. Mm -hmm. That's a huge thing. And that's, yeah, that's another thing I go over in my courses. You know, affirmations. Do you ever do affirmations or? I do. I do daily gratitude and one affirmation a day. So we have so much self-talk going on that we don't even realize. And a lot of them are these deep-seated things in our subconscious that maybe we've carried through from childhood. Maybe someone told us we weren't that great and a singer when we were younger. And every time we go to sing, we're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, all those negative comments running through our head. And think of what your life would be like if you didn't have those negative thoughts. If they either just weren't there or they were replaced with, I'm, I'm great, I'm successful, I can do this. If I can't do it now, I sure can at some point. I mean, that would change it really changes your demeanor, right? Which then changes your energy you're putting out into the world, which, like we say, brings in right. other opportunities. And that's, again, going back to that, that smoky old uh, open mic. We're seeing it then as an opportunity instead of like, oh, why me? Which opens up little doors for, for everyone mm. along the way. So for anyone who's listening who might not, be super familiar with affirmations. Can you explain what that is and how you create them and how you create new ones every day? Because I suck at that. This is this is really oh, my question do? for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. <laughs> now you don't have to have a new one every day, but yeah. So affirmations, if you think about it, they're just things that you're affirming to yourself, whether you say them out loud or in mm-hmm. your mind. So if you think about it, when you know when my alarm goes off automatically so now you're waking up into a uh, into a different brainwave state and your your mind starts going and it can say anything to you because so your mind could say oh it's raining out again today oh I can't believe I have to go do this or I hate my job or whatever or I'm so tired I didn't get enough sleep an affirmation is replacing that with something or positive affirmation is replacing that with something that's going to literally make you feel better and the key with affirmations is the feeling so one I actually have been saying lately is I am successful. I'm ex- I am successful in everything I do. And I say it in my mind, especially when I get stopped up or, you know what, even for example, this podcast, a little bit of nerves before, a little bit of, oh, I, I hope I don't stumble up mm-hmm. on what I'm saying and that sort of thing. But I'll say that in my mind because I'm just trying to keep, I shouldn't say convince myself, but in a way I am because I'm just trying to reprogram my thinking and that allows the rest of yourself to sort of catch up to it. And the reason I say feeling is so important is because, yeah, it kind of works both ways. You can kind of keep saying it to yourself until your body starts to believe it and your your whole self does. But if you can really get into that good feeling place, like for example, you could say to yourself, like, I don't know what your affirmations are that you do now. But let's say we use my uh, successful one. And if you're, your mind is bad at going back and forth going, no, you're not successful. Look, you haven't done this mm-hmm. yet. You haven't done that yet. Da, 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 da. Sit and take a moment and think of where you are successful in your life. Okay. And I'm talking simple things like, well, you know, I do show up at my job every day and I'm doing pretty good there and they really appreciate me. Okay. I just finished doing this for like when I was just before I was creating my course. I was like, I just don't know. But like, do it and I made a big old list of things I'm already successful at things that I've committed I was scared I wouldn't be able to commit and I wrote a big old list of things I already commit to it sort of just changed the way I saw things and then I started thinking okay all right I am successful in the things that I do okay do you see what I'm saying so you start to sort of convince yourself 
So take your, so to answer your question, if you want a new affirmation, you always want to say it in the present. I am successful, not I'm going to be mm-hmm. successful someday. Cause then it'll kind of always be out there in the future. So you want it to be present mm-hmm. starting yeah. with I am is helpful and it could be anything. A lot of people do them for, you know, I am beautiful. I am, you know, you're looking in the mirror. That helps too. When you're saying them to yourself in the mirror or writing them out. That's good. Okay. So, okay. So we covered a couple of things. We've covered focusing on your strengths and not trends, trying to see who, who you are as an artist and not trying to be somebody else. Yeah. Find out what, yeah. Cause find out what you do and stick with that. Like mm-hmm. that Steve Martin thing. Sorry yep. to interrupt you, but no. this is a good little point to make sure I make, maybe he did something a little quirky where he never would have thought of that one night, but then he realized, Hey, everyone's kind of into this. Uh, this is now going to be my thing. Whatever makes you you, you don't even may not even think that's cool or special. Tap into that. Start talking about that at your gigs and your shows on your social media. That makes you unique. And that's what will connect people to you is right. you being yourself. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. We've talked about rejection. We've talked about affirmations. Now, one thing that I do want to discuss is, do you think that there's ever a point, and I don't want to say that you give up, but you recognize a time to pivot that, for instance, the dream that you have might not happen. Or, you know what, during the course of pursuing your dream, you've realized that you're actually pretty good at something else. For instance, you might recognize that you're a really good producer. You have a real strength for that. And that could pivot into something else for you. Do you think that, you know, for instance, if you, not to use you as an example, but if somebody, you know, packed up their life and headed to Nashville and after 15 years didn't get a publishing deal, nothing really was working out, not perhaps because of a lack of self-belief, but maybe because of a lack of talent or they didn't have the right look, you know, Nashville's very specific on that. Do you think that people need to keep going or is there, what, what is that point do you think at which we need to take stock and recognize something isn't working and perhaps it's time to pivot? And I say pivot because I don't think I want to say somebody's failed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you're right, it's pivoting. Because let's think about what someone would have do over 15 years and the things they would have accomplished, mm-hmm. even if they didn't, if they set out to write a number one song and they didn't, I'm sure they still would have had some incredible experiences and that sort of thing. Um, Oh, there's so many things here. It's so interesting because we can be so ego based or we get these, we get these blinders on. Like if I don't make it to the top, if I'm not the top, it's like I haven't succeeded. Mm -hmm. And we see our friends succeeding and we have our parents asking us what we've done. You know, we get to the table at Thanksgiving and it's like, yeah, are you still a songwriter? How's that going? You know, again, it's that external validation that we are looking for and we're looking to prove. Exactly. Exactly. And I know exactly what you're saying because I did the same thing. I come home at Christmas. Oh, you still, you know, like, how's it going? Or it's kind of like you're just dying to say, oh my gosh, the big break finally came. But when it doesn't, (laughs) you're like, you don't know where to go. You just, yeah, you're right. You feel that judgment. You're looking for that validation. And it's not even necessarily that it's their judgment because they say one thing and it just hits on what you feel. Yes. You're interpreting it. You're creating this story. They're truly just yes. asking, how are you doing? Like, how's things going? And you're taking that as, oh, they're seeing me as a whatever, and I'm not good enough yet or whatever it is. You're so right. Okay. So yes, those are the stories that we tell in our mind for sure. But it's by, it's, you got to go by this feeling because it's so interesting. I. Yeah, sure. I always wanted a number one song on the radio. Maybe that's still coming from 
someday. But the pivoting thing is so key because now that I've changed direction, so I'm still writing, I'm still I'm still recording, releasing music, and I'm doing helping songwriters with this sort of thing. But it's so interesting because now that I've basically one day I realized, hey, I love mindfulness. I love music. I've always used them together. But wouldn't it be so cool if I could show people how to do this? And ever since things have flowed the word downstream, mm-hmm. I guess. Easy. Things are coming easy. It's a joy. It's not a struggle. That doesn't mean things are challenging. It just means it feels good. It feels like things are, you know, you start to notice those synchronicities and things are coming together. So to someone, I would say to that person who yep. thinks, geez, well, I didn't, I never got to check that box of I accomplished that. That's okay. You got to really take some time and look inward because deep down, then maybe that's not even really what they wanted. I've spoken to a lot of people. Have you ever had that where, you know, if you really ask the person, it's not really, mm. even, it's sort of like that outer perception is what they wanted, but maybe it really wasn't truly what they wanted. There's, and there's success in so many different ways. The gratitude thing you mentioned, that is so key. It's like, we're so focused on going ahead and forward. We take no stock of all these wonderful things that we've done in the past. It's always just like on to the next, on to the bigger, better thing. Take some time and be grateful and appreciative of the little things that have come your way. Because think of where you were, mm. to say this fictional person from 15 years ago. Think of where they were 15 years ago. Knew nobody, didn't do any, like, and surely they've mm. moved forward a little bit, right? Yes. What do you think? The way that I've approached life is plan your life, but do it in pencil. So great. And in term, thank you very much. And I like that because I can have a goal and not to say that I rub it out or, but it, it can move and it can shift and it can change. And also I remember having a conversation with my girlfriends. We were all sitting around a table, you know, we were just finishing college and one of us said to the rest of us what are your plans and we were like what do you mean and she was like well what's your two-year your five-year your 10-year plan and I was like what like literally freaked out and I was like I have no idea like not a clue and she just goes well you know so and so and I'll be married in two years and then in five years we'll probably have babies and then in 10 years I'll you know be back at work and doing this and that and the next thing six months later she and so and so broke up and that entire plan of hers had to change and that really validated me of, and I obviously was very sad for her, but she's now, you know, very happy with somebody else and all of that. But for me, that was really a great validation yep. of that plan your life and do it in pencil, you know, have your goals. Absolutely. But don't be so rigid to them that they can't change because that will only mean that you will fail. Exactly. Um, goals are very important. Yes. But this is, I think, where we get lost. And as artists, we should, uh, I can't speak for everybody, but maybe we should be a little more in tune with this, is our intuition. Those nudges, right? I even mentioned before about how did I know? I mean, there were days I was miserable in Nashville. I knew nobody. I left my boyfriend, now husband, behind in Canada, bawling my eyes out, no friends, nothing. And I remember calling uh, my boyfriend at the time and saying, oh my gosh, you know, whatever. I'm so sad and whatever. And he said, well, why don't you come home? And I said, well, no, I I don't want to go home. I know I should be here. It's just, you know, like I can't describe it. It just feels right. Even though, hey, I'm having one of those off days. So anyway, the whole thing about intuition is we're just so 
focused on, you know, check, like I always say, checking those boxes and stuff. We're not taking time to check in with ourselves. And that's what's most important. Not that outside validation. There's a quote posted recently on my social media. It said something to the effect of if we checked with our intuition as much as we check our emails, we'd all be in really good shape. Mm. Maybe we are chasing the wrong goal, but it's like, well, no, I said I was going to get it done. So I got to do it. But if it doesn't feel right, you know what I'm saying? Like we just get a little bit too caught up in the doing, not the being, what we think what we think other people think we should be or trying to achieve what makes us worthy. Yeah. When I think of that worthiness, I, I it's like everyone's chasing that big and famous thing. That's like the only thing that's going to make them feel like they've made, you know, that they're worthy enough or that they've done a good job. And there are so many, so many other ways you can share your gifts or mm-hmm. take advantage or call something else success. So now you've started this course and, and what are you, what are you offering in this course? And is it available? Is it available now? It is, yeah, yeah. So I have, um, you know, I kind of created this for the me, say, 10 or 15 years ago. I wish I had these sorts of things. So the different modules are, you know, songwriting with yourself, co-writing, performing, and also connecting within the industry. And so through the course, I go through all of the different practices. I mean, there's all kinds of them um, that help you deal with and cope. With, for example, I was a very nervous and anxious co-writer. And so just different techniques that I use now that I wish I had back then um, to help me stay centered and focused and calm myself, right? Or um, I know a lot of people deal with writer's block or getting the flow of ideas going. So different visualizations for that. And it's online. It's, um, It's recorded videos and there's all sorts of different worksheets and stuff. Oh, gosh. And the performance module is really cool because I hear a lot of people struggle with um, the public speaking. So maybe some people are great with, you know, they've got Mm -hmm. their songs, no problem, but it's sort of like, how do I connect with the audience or how do I be more of myself on stage? So I have all kinds of different little tips, you know, to help people develop that. Yeah. And then connecting within the industry, there's just different cool things like, how do you know when it's time to reach out to somebody or not? And, and things like that. Mm-hmm. That sounds really interesting. Okay, well, that is available. Where is that available? So that is available at my website is musicandmindfulness.co. That's www.musicandmindfulness.co. And the course is called The Successful Songwriter Within. Okay, well, that link will be in today's show notes. Um, Lisa, do you have any parting thoughts? Any, any words of wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Um, you know, just know that there's a reason that you have these creative ideas and that you have these, the music within you, or maybe you're, you know, whatever it is that you do, um, singing and playing and just know that, you know, there's other people who want to connect with you as well. Like just be yourself, be real. Those are the things that are always going to help you connect with others. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, how's that, is that good enough parting wisdom? <laughs> I think so. Lisa McEwen, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for giving us your time today and, and your insight. That's been, it's been really helpful. I think you've given us some, some real pearls there. And I look forward to seeing how you continue your artistic journey yourself. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. And this, is, this has been really great. Thank you. I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. 
That for me was one of those conversations that I often have with my artist friends, but it never quite makes it to a podcast and definitely not in such an in-depth way. So I'm really grateful to Lisa for her grace and openness to discuss something and many things, in fact, that I know as artists, we all feel. If you want to find out more about Lisa, you can check her out on her website, musicandmindfulness.co. Those details are, of course, in today's show notes. Now, if you did enjoy this episode, and in fact, if you are enjoying the podcast, I'd really love to know what you think. Please leave a review. That's the only way that we can grow and get this to more people. So please go and do that on whatever platform you're on. And if you appreciate the content that we're making. Thank you so much for listening to this next song's about. I'm Stevie Manns. See you next time. (laughs) 